This is the Workday Red Zone on the ticket, 95.3 and 9.70 a.m. K-N-E-A. Here's your host, Kara Ritchie. Hey, everybody. How are we all doing? Is it is it feeling like a Monday to you? Or have you already managed to power through about half your day, focus, lock in, and get things started on a positive note? I certainly hope that's the case for you today. As we've got a couple of hours of, well, it might feel more like group therapy than a, a radio show. But regardless, it is the Workday Red Zone. And we appreciate you tuning in here with us on The Ticket. KNEA 970 AM along with 95.3, and 104.1 KBRI. We're streaming online at 953theticket.com. And in addition to that, you can take us with you on the go. Download the TuneIn app, search for KNEA, and you're going to be all set. Um, if you want to shout at us today, that's pretty easy. Call us, 870-930-3776. Although, oh, I will warn you, I got a lot to get off my chest today. <laughs> There might be a couple of times where I've got a big old monologue planned out and we might hit pause on the open phone lines then. But uh, for the most part today, we are looking forward to taking your feedback uh, as far as being able to shout at us on social media. Right now, Facebook is down. So you're going to have to holler at us on Twitter at Kara underscore Richie or by using the hashtag WDRZ. I'm Kara. I'm joined in studio by producer Kate Carlton. Good afternoon. When you give us a ring today on the Ritter Communications Hotline, do not forget to wish Kate Carlton a happy birthday. It's a big day. I'm sorry, I would have brought cupcakes. Do you like cupcakes? I do like cupcakes, yeah. All right, you got a favorite flavor or whatever? Uh, no, I mean, any cupcake is a good cupcake. Well, I, I, I like that attitude, but not <laughs> not anyone that if you have your choice of all the cupcakes you reach for first? No, I don't guess. I mean, I don't know. I don't guess. Okay. So, Kate Carlton will take all of your cupcakes. Yeah. There you go. Uh, that is, uh, what we're doing here. We're going to figure out a way to, to crowdfund cupcakes over the course of the next couple of hours, <laughs> but <laughs> as is usually the case, a uh, full couple of hours here on a Monday to recap the weekend, uh, looking at some of the headlines here locally, of course, uh, will road was continuing for Arkansas state football over the weekend as they suffered a 59 to 33 setback at Georgia Southern to open Sunbelt Conference play. Both James Blackman and Lane Hatcher threw for two touchdowns apiece while Corey Rucker hauled in to receiving touchdowns. So A-State passed for 443 yards in this one, but uh, stating the obvious here is the team had trouble stopping the Eagles' rushing attack. So A-State now falling to 1-4. and four. Uh, Meanwhile, the state of Georgia was not kind to the Razorbacks either. As Arkansas lost to the second-ranked Bulldogs by the final of 37 to nothing, the Hogs were held to just nine first downs and 162 total yards. So Arkansas now four and one on the season, and they land at number 13 in this week's AP poll. Elsewhere, a rain-shortened regular season finale for the Cardinals, so they get edged out three to two Sunday by the Chicago Cubs in a game that was called after seven innings. So. Cardinals now turning their attention to postseason baseball and Wednesday's wild card game against the LA Dodgers. Um, where to start with recapping Saturday for for Arkansas State football? I have talked in the past about being an optimist and about trying to find silver linings and things like that. Friends, I, I don't have any to share with you 
regarding Saturday. There, there were some good things happened. I, I'm sure somewhere in there. You can you can dive into that box score. You can find some notes on offense, whatever. I, I'm just not feeling like embracing, honestly, anything positive today. Uh, a lot of times, not just as fans, but it, in life, <laughs> you get stuck in a situation where you can't control anything and it feels like it's spiraling. And the healthy thing to do in, in those things in, in life is to try and step back and let things unfold. Try and focus on some positives and control what you can control. But today isn't about real life. It's about sports fan life. And what do we do as sports fans when we're in situations where we're watching things that are bad and we can't do anything about it? We point fingers. We start laying the blame on others. So today it's the blame game for Arkansas State football. And for our KavanaughCars.com question today, I want to know who you think is to blame for Arkansas State's defensive issues. We're not going to go over the defensive rankings. I do not have to tell you that that they're pretty bad. If A-State isn't dead last in every single important defensive care, uh, category, it's because they're being bailed out by schools like UMass. When you are competing with UMass, a team who is recruiting players that only have other FCS offers, that's just that's bad. It doesn't matter if you're 129 or 30. That's awful. So we're not going to go through that. I could throw out a couple of historical nuggets uh, in terms of the stats, like the fact that Arkansas State is on pace to have the second worst defensive season in the last five years. Hat tip to 2017 UConn, which was just an all-time terrible team. That's who A-State is competing with right now. This is, this is an awful defense. And it's not like I had to tell you guys that, although I appreciate you sitting here listening to me vent. You know this. You've watched these games. You've seen these explosive plays unfold. You've seen this team have issues stopping the pass and stopping the rush. You've seen this team look slow and, and not as physical as their opponent. And we've seen it now in every single game. So whose fault is it? That's what we're discussing today. Again, you can't fix it right now. Five games in and there are zero signs of improvement. So it's time to just start shelling out blame. That's just what we're doing today. It's probably not going to be pretty. That's okay. Looking particularly at Saturday, uh, you know, there were shades of, of Tulsa in this game. And what I mean by that is that for a little bit, it looked like it was going to be a back-and-forth game, which would have been no surprise because we went over the history of, of Arkansas State versus Georgia Southern, and we've seen that over and over. This, this has been a series that's came down to the last possession. You know, you had back-and-forth scoring, and about halfway through that second quarter, Georgia Southern was up by a touchdown, but then you had the safety by A-State. A lot of times, those can be really good momentum swing plays. So A-State was down by five. What happened after that? They immediately got into the end zone. So A-State was up 19-17 to with six and a half minutes left before the half. Excuse me, with under five minutes left until the half. Apologies. And then what happened? 
you had turnover, you had explosive plays from Georgia Southern, and then in a one and a half minute swing, it went from a two point Arkansas State edge to a twelve point Arkansas State deficit, and it never got better better after that. Georgia Southern came out of the clubhouse with the third quarter fired up, which was wild because Georgia Southern is a trash third quarter team, or at least they were coming into this game. They had been awful at making adjustments at the half. They had been outscored 55 to nothing in the third quarter prior to Saturday's game against Arkansas State. But what happened? Five minutes into the half, they get a touchdown. Five minutes after that, another touchdown. Five minutes after that, another touchdown. So barely into the fourth quarter, it was 52 to 19. It was an awful feeling to watch this one unfold because you're just sitting there the whole time. It's like, well, maybe it can't get worse. Okay, that was worse. Maybe maybe it can't get worse than that. Oh, 59 rush yard touchdown. Okay, yeah, that, that was worse. That was worse. It was, uh, it, it's just been brutal to watch these games unfold. And I know you all know that. Georgia Southern finished with 503 yards on the ground. That is an insane amount of yardage. Now, interestingly enough, these teams were almost the same in, in total yardage. And look, we know that that's Georgia Southern's bread, bread and butter. They weren't going to throw it much. They were going to try and get everything done on the ground. But they averaged 10.1 yards per rush. That's an average of a first down every single time they touch the football. And... Unfortunately, at this point in time, it's like we are we are cutting and pasting stats from previous games. The week before that, it was Tulsa with similar numbers. The week before that, it was Washington with similar numbers. The week before that, it was Memphis with similar numbers. Sometimes the chunk plays have came in the pass game. Sometimes they've came in the rush ground game. It's just been, uh, it has been tough overall. But I tell you what. You guys know that. I know that. We all know that. So what are we going to do next? Again, we're going to come back. We're going to start pointing fingers. Who's to blame for Arkansas State's defensive issues? We've got, uh, I've got four main candidates today. And we're going to look at them throughout the course of the program. We're going to start next. And I don't necessarily want to go in this direction because I'm a big fan of praising the players when it's good and blaming the coaches when it's not. But we're going to look at the players when we come back and start there. Keep it here with us. We need to hit pause. We'll be back in a moment on the Workday Red Zone. Northeast Arkansas's sports station is 95.3 The Ticket. Football season is in full swing, and your friends at The Ticket are talking about all the teams you care about. High school, Red Wolves, Razorbacks, we've got you covered with all your favorite shows, including The Front Row with Budro, RWRC Radio, The Workday Red Zone with Carol Ritchie, The Setup, and The Drive with Brad Bobo. And The Ticket is Northeast Arkansas's home to the Dallas Cowboys. So if you want football, we're here for you on 104.1 KBRI, KNEA AM 970, 95.3 and 96.9, the ticket. Yard Envy, it's a real thing. A guy three houses down has an amazing yard. Why can't my lawn look lush and healthy? Well, he uses J&K Lawn and Tree Service. Whether the job is large or small, commercial or residential, J&K Lawn and Tree Service offers incredible lawn care. Call 870-897-1329 today. Overgrown hedges, troublesome trees, or unwanted stumps, J&K can take care of that too with tree removal, trimming, and fertilizing J&K also has a 10% discount for seniors and veterans. Call 870-1329. Make your lawn the best on the
the block with J and K. Great vision matters, whether you're on the field or in the stands. That's why Vision Care Center of Northeast Arkansas is here to serve you. Vision Care Center offers diagnosis, treatment, and care for a variety of eye conditions. The glasses shop at Vision Care Center also has the most comprehensive selection and expert stylists to find the perfect fit for you to look your game day best. Your road to excellent vision starts at Vision Care Center of Northeast Arkansas. Call 870-932-2211 to schedule your appointment today at our Jonesboro, Paragold, and Pocahontas locations. Experience meets innovation at First National Bank of Eastern Arkansas. After more than 135 years of servicing our East Arkansas communities, we are the region's largest independently owned bank. First National Bank of Eastern Arkansas continues to invest in new products and services to best serve all our banking customers. This year, we've rolled out mobile pay technology, enabled mobile depositing from wherever you are, and a new Roundup savings feature to help you take charge of your savings. Come and see what's new at First National Bank of Eastern Arkansas, member FDIC. Bigger bonuses, increased starting pay. Linux Industries has 300 positions to fill and is now offering brand new seasonal shift incentives. Hiring bonuses from $2,000 for first shift and $2,500 for second shift. Starting pay from $1,525 on first to $16 per hour for second shift. Plus, excellent benefits including full medical benefits and a free on-site clinic for employees and their families and and an air-conditioned factory. Bigger bonuses. Increased starting pay up to $16 an hour. Come join the Linux team, the leading HVAC company in America. Call 870-672-8161 or apply online at linuxinternational.com slash careers. Linux Industries is an equal opportunity employer. Text and whatever. Just don't text and drive. Visit stoptextsstoprex.org. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. This is your warning. You're entering the Workday Red Zone. We welcome you back in to the Workday Red Zone. Kara Ritchie, birthday boy, Kate Carlton here with you. 9303776 is the number to call on the Ritter Communications Hotline. Asking you today to weigh in with us on the KavanaughCars.com question. Who is to blame for Arkansas State's defensive issues? Because at this point, haven't really seen any improvement there. Uh, don't really know what to tell you in terms of, of any kind of positivity. Um, I'm not sure what this defense is trying to hang its hat on. Uh, it is just a, it, it's been very disheartening to watch things unfold on that side of the football on throughout the uh, the first five games. Again, we've got a few different areas we're going to we're going to finger point at today. But we're going to start with the players. And again, I, I hate to finger point at at the players. I, I said this right before the break, but but I mean it. I'm I'm I may credit the players when it's good and blame the coaches when it's bad type of fan. And and the reason for that is is because you know, at the end of the day these are these are amateurs. Um and the coaches are the ones that are getting paid, you know, a significant amount of money to be able to get this right. But ultimately, it, it does come down to the players to execute on the field. Um, if you go back to 2018, was not that long ago, right? 2018, this was a solid A-State defense. The Red Wolves ranked 54th in points allowed, 45th in yards allowed. 
So solid but not spectacular. The defense, however, was spectacular against the pass. In fact, it was a top 15 defense in that aspect. Man, those are numbers we would kill for right now, right? A, a defense that's ranked 11th against the pass? Yes! Yeah. What do I have to do to that? What I need to like start conjuring up some Cardinals devil magic and try and get it to, to transfer to a football situation? But uh, obviously, look, the, the defense started to begin its slide in 2019. And, and not to give that group a pass because there were some really tough games to watch that season. But that was a unit that had to deal with so many injuries that they literally had to change the entire defensive coaching scheme because they ran out of interior defensive linemen. So that was just tough. It was, it was brutal. Nobody does a scheme change in the season. But Arkansas State had to because they could no longer safely have the depth at the interior of the defensive line to continue to run a, a four-down scheme. But, you know, last year and, and this year have been especially brutal for that, and there's no reason you can point to for how bad these numbers are, and there's no excuse you can point to for how bad these past two years have been. During these past two seasons, A-State has had three different defensive coordinators, two different defensive schemes, and two different head coaches. And the common theme, though, with, with last year and this year is that it is mostly the same personnel. Um, A-State returned 75% of last year's production. And of the top 20 tackle leaders this season for A-State, 15 were on this team last year. And I guess, obviously, in retrospect, it might have been a little bit crazy to expect different results with mostly the same players, especially when those players had, had struggled in the past. But when you watch these games so far this season, the defenders often times look, they look undersized and they look slow. And we know that speed kills. And there's not much coaching that's going to help you in a foot race. An upgrade in talent at several positions is going to be needed this fall. Uh, one more point to, to illustrate this fact. I went through today and looked at the PFF.com grades for every single A-State contributor. And at that side, if you're unfamiliar, PFF is pro football Focus, but they also do a lot of NCAA coverage and... They grade every player and every play of every FBS game of the season. So four games worth of data for Arkansas State so far, because again, it's FBS games, they don't count UCA. A-State's best starting linebacker, take a deep breath for this. Sorry to be melodramatic here. A-State's best starting linebacker is ranked at number 400 at his position. Not number 400 in terms of, of defensive players. Number 400 at the linebacker position. One of A-State's top contributing corners clocks in at number 522. Only two players in JoJo, Azugu, and, and EJ Alexander rank in the top 100 of their positions. I cannot wrap my head around these rankings at all. Those are insane numbers 
So when you look at all of that, it, it's just, <laughs> that's, that's where we're starting today, is we're starting with, you know, laying a little bit of, of that blame on the feet of the players. I saw um, a lot of A-State football alums on social media weighing in on on this one over the weekend and and there's so many different tweets that caught my attention but I did see one from you know former Arkansas State starting linebacker Tajay Chambers who said quote everyone at A-State needs to turn in their whistle including players hashtag I said what I said I'm gonna trust his judgment on this since I feel it's blatantly obvious Tajay Chambers knows a whole lot more about collegiate defenses than I do but there are just uh, issues all over. And that's the first place that I wanted to start today. Don't worry, but wait, there's more. Got much more finger pointing to do throughout the course of the program today. I do want to switch gears for a moment, though, and hear just a, a couple quick comments from Butch Jones. Of course, immediately after every game on the sideline, he gets grabbed by Brad Bobo for a couple of, of post-game questions. And uh, got some audio from that post game and wanted to share Jones's answers with you. Uh, one of the things that was kind of started about started uh, the conversation with Butch Jones and talking to the, about the fact that it is a a line of scrimmage game, and this was a game where, well, Georgia Southern kind of had their way at the line of scrimmage um, against Arkansas State. Well, no question, and really for the first time. You know, really all year I thought uh, we got dominated, completely dominated in the lines of scrimmage. Uh, that's unacceptable. We're going to be a physical, tough football team. And, uh, you know, I'm as disappointed as anybody. Uh, I know our fans are disappointed, but there isn't anybody who's going to work harder. And I will get this solved, I promise you. But it's unacceptable in our football program uh, to have what happened. Um, but we just got to keep grinding. I think having a short week, if you have any character and, and competitiveness. Uh, you got a short week. You get to play a top 25 opponent at home, and uh, it's a great opportunity. But really, it, it it's an accumulative effect, and it really started on the first drive. You know, we talk about playing winning football. We drop a touchdown pass. Then we have some negative yardage plays, and then we miss the field goal. Then, you know, on, on defense, we have a fourth and one. We need to get a stop. They make it by inches, and then the next play is an explosive play for a touchdown. You know, again, red area, kick a field goal. And then I thought, you know, the critical moment, too, in the first half was we had them in third and ten. We really got them where they don't want to be. We're in zone coverage, and they find the open zone. We don't open up the right way, and they get a first down, and the next play, explosive play. Those are things you just, they're unacceptable. And this performance will not be tolerated in our football program. And, uh, you know, we got to continue to teach how to strain um, and everything above that. But uh, unacceptable and looking forward to getting back home and already looking forward to a game on Thursday. Continuing here with uh, some comments from Butch Jones. One of the things that uh, I think we all saw at the end of the game is there were some changes on offensive personnel. And I, I think everybody noticed that uh, a lot of the twos came in. Uh, you saw of course, Lane Hatcher out there on the field. You saw some different guys at wide receiver on the field. But uh, sometimes, I'll be honest with you, I get busy watching the ball and don't notice, so much about, notice as much on the line. Uh, in case you didn't realize, Jacob still came in and played center that game. 
And what that allowed them to do on the line is move Ethan Miner over to guard. And once that happened, you know, just as much as we saw some of those other guys having success, quarterbacks, wide receivers, and, and some of that, that, a little bit of that was sparked there by the change on the offensive line. Well, it did. And one thing we know about Jacob still is he's going to compete. And he has great pride. And, uh, you know, he brought a spark to us, and we're going to need more of that. But, again, it's just pride and performance. It's, you know, it, this is a physical football game. This the, the game of football is not for everybody. It's a line of scrimmage game. And, again, you know, the mark of our programs ever where we've been is we've been physical and we lead the country in effort, and that's a mindset. And, uh, you know, it takes time to get. Uh, but I just want everyone to know that it's not going to be accepted what happened tonight. One more clip here from Jones. Of course, now it's a, I mean, it's a really quick week. There is no doubt in my mind the coaches were watching video of that Georgia Southern game on the bus back to the airport, uh, at the airport, on the plane, on the drive from, from Memphis back to Jonesboro. They had to immediately be able to digest that one, break it down, and find, uh, well, a couple few teaching moments from it to be able to immediately turn their attention to, to Coastal Carolina and Jones talks about this short week and, and what's next for A-State. Well, we have no time to feel sorry for ourselves and Coastal Carolina absolutely is not going to feel sorry for us. And so we get back uh, early morning hours and then we're back in. Uh, we have practice tomorrow and we're preparing for Coastal. But, you know, we have to correct some of the issues that happened tonight. And, uh, you know, some of it was just physical. Some of it was scheme. Uh, but, again, we did not tackle well again. We don't run our feet on contact. We tackle at the hips. And, again, those are all a byproduct of just physicality and running our feet on contact. Same thing with sustaining blocks. Um, you know, and we expected to come in here and be able to put points on the board. And they really didn't stop us the first half. We stopped ourselves. And that's things that winning teams do, well-coached teams do, that we're not doing. And it starts with me. And, uh, again, I promise you, this will be a lot of sleepless nights, but we're going to get it right. Again, that was Butch Jones uh, following that loss at Georgia Southern on the 107.9 K-Fine uh, postgame. So there you go, his comments. I promise you this will be a lot of sleepless nights, but we're going to get it right. Their first challenge in getting it right, a date with uh, number 15 Coastal Carolina, the highest-ranked team that will – ever be playing at Centennial Bank Stadium on a short week. Fun times. <laughs> Fun times ahead with, uh, with that one. And I apologize. Uh, apologize here is communication is down today. Who we got on the phone? Adam in Eastern Lawrence County. Well, hi, Adam. How are you today? I'm fantastic. Hey, I want everybody to know that we as fans, we don't have to have a lot of sleepless nights like that. Because it's not like Georgia Southern hasn't ever put up that many points before. They, they did it before in September of 2014, 80-some-odd games ago. <laughs> yes, that is true. Yeah. Nothing to worry about. Nothing to worry about whatsoever. 500 yards of rushing. Nothing to worry about. Nothing to worry about. Hey, come on out Thursday night and get a chance to see somebody put up half a mile of offense. That's uh, that's one way to look at it. I like the uh, always on the sunny side. Uh, yes, I like the uh, 
I don't know if it's an attempt at possibility, but or excuse me, at positivity, but I do like the at least the attempt at humor today. Swing and a miss, maybe. Swing and a miss. It's all right. We'll uh, we'll work ourselves out of this funk by the time kickoff comes around on on Thursday. I don't know if the defense will, but we as fans maybe kind of oh, possibly I'm will. Top of the world over here. Well, good. Good. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad you're having having a good Monday. Yep. You guys have a great day. Hey, you too. Thanks for shouting at us, Adam. Uh, bye. 9303776 is the number to call. Who's with us on the phone? Well, hello, Kara. How are you? Hey, Bootsy, doing all right. Thanks for shouting at us. Well, you know, uh, prior to the season, I was hoping that uh, we could get to six wins and get to a bowl. I think I've said even on a call to this station that uh, it's going to take some time for this team to gel. I felt like, you know, towards the end of the season uh, that they could really be good. I must say <clears throat> that, uh, and again, I'm a, I'm a realistic optimist or an optimistic realist, however you want to say it. Uh, but I, I must say, and this is, the, this is the thing that hurts so much, is I see no hope for this team this year. There's no way that to continue to play, well, to continue to have a defense as anemic as ours, there is not a team on our schedule that we can defeat playing defense the way we're playing. And, and it, you know, a lot of times when bad things happen, you know, you can say, well, it's, uh, it's an anomaly, we'll be better. No, we, we have a track record, and it's basically it's every FCS game we played this year. And we are consistently horrible. And so I don't see us being able to correct these issues this season. It's very obvious that uh, we are so because we never chase anybody down. Once they get by, past the line of scrimmage, we have no linebackers. And I thought that's what linebackers did is back the line. But they always managed to go where the ball isn't. And we never chase anybody down. So speed is, is an issue uh, along with some other things I would imagine and I just hope that Coach is looking deep in his roster and at least allowing other people the opportunity to see if they can do better. You know what I'm saying? If he's a second or a third or a fourth stringer, he's never seen any action, man, I'd like to see somebody different give it a try because there's no way they could be worse than what we are right now. So the thing that hurts me the most is that I don't see any hope this year. If we continue to play defense like this or – avoid playing defense like this, there is not a team on this schedule we can beat. Hard to argue that point. In past years, you would at least look and say, ah, well, at least there's ULM. But they, uh, well, they did get walloped by Coastal Carolina. They they got that win against Troy. And I I think they have improved a little bit, although they're still – not going to be a team that's anywhere close to competing for the top of the, the Sun Belt West, but with a defense like this, well, you're right, Bootsy. You cannot take anything for granted. Well, and didn't ULM play uh, Lafayette to win a to win in one score last week? No, that was or South was... Alabama. Oh, South Alabama. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I just I just don't. You give up basically 600 yards a game to all of our FCS opponents. And the other thing that's so disappointing. Is this has been two games in a row where our offense just has a power outage for about a quarter and a half 
uh, in the first half, and and then we get so far behind, it's just it's it's hopeless. Yeah, it's, I've never thought this is the third year in a row where we had a defense that's not even mediocre. Haven't been close to being mediocre, and I thought we would be some better this year. I thought we could get the mediocre this year. We've actually gotten worse. I mean, it's just big play after big play after big play. <laughs> it's uh, it's like, well, I didn't even see this kind of football in the 90s. Now, we lost yeah. a lot of games in the 90s, but we competed in the 90s. Yeah, from time to time we had just a disastrous game like what we've seen, but not three in a row. It's... It, I'm so I'm so crestfallen. I don't even have words. I'm so disappointed. Bootsy, I'm sorry. I don't have anything today to to make you feel better. Any any words of encouragement? But uh, but I appreciate you calling in, and I I know we'll still see you out there plenty this season. Alrighty, thanks. We'll see you. Nine three zero three seven seven six. One more phone call here before we go to break. And again, I apologize here. Uh, who's with us on the phone? This is Carl Pergle. Hey, how are you? I'm good, good, Kara. Uh, you know, I, I, I've got to say this: the problem with this, the problem with this, is that the truth about this team hasn't come to the forefront. And it's, the truth of the matter is, is that the problem lies with the coaches. Okay. Because the coaches have got every one of these guys on this defensive squad convinced that at the end of the year they're all going to be drafted into the NFL and they're only going about half speed so that way they don't get hurt and they can suck up those millions of dollars once the you know, pro draft comes around. Because that's the only thing that makes any sense. going to say that's kind of wild seeing as how none of these players are rated very well and none are performing very well right now. Well, that apparently is because they're only going half speed at everything. Because it's, I mean, it's ridiculous. I honestly think that JHS could probably roll in here and give them a pretty good ball game this year. It would. Uh, I, I would not want to watch that game, to be honest with you. <laughs> you know, and and I and I'm just, you know, kind of thinking like the the last caller said. You know, why if they're, you know, if you've got some second or third string guys that are chomping at the bit and wanting to get out there, why don't this coaching staff, you know, take this first string defense and put them on the bench? And maybe see if they can light a fire under them. You know, put some of these other guys in there that are chomping at the bit wanting to get out there. Well, I'm going to tell you why. Because these other guys aren't better. And, and again, I, I, can't, I don't have the defensive knowledge to go in and be able to look at every play and figure out if these guys are, are where they're supposed to be or what they're trying to accomplish. But, but I look at sites that are staffed with people who are smarter than me, than like, like Pro Football Focus, where, again, they go in and they grade every player in every game. And let me tell you what, as bad as some of these starter rankings are, the backups are worse. I think the only thing that might change that in terms of personnel is, is when we get to the last four games of the season, where that way you can go ahead and play anybody and not worry about their red shirt, then, uh, then I wonder, I truly wonder if we're going to see some different, different bodies out on the field if we'll see some, some freshmen got, and, and younger guys get, get their opportunity. Uh, well, I, I sure hope so. You know, I'm 54 years old, born and raised in Northeast Arkansas, been a fan back in the days of the Indians and all of that. And, I mean, it's, it's starting to look like some of the teams from the, from the 90s and the early 2000s. So I just don't understand it. Yeah, I know. I remember going to those games where you walked in the stadium and you felt like there was no hope. 
And exactly. And I, I feel like that mentality is starting to creep in again. And, and when you look at the defense, it's hard to argue against it. Yep, that is so true. Well, thank you for taking my call, and you guys have a wonderful afternoon. Hey, you too. Don't be a stranger, all right? All right. All right. Uh, we're going to hit pause here. We're a little bit overdue for a break, but I tell you what, we're going to continue with our finger pointing. Again, is, is that's our KavanaughCars.com question. Who's to blame for this offense? And Rob Harley, new on the scene, yes, but uh, he's a defensive coordinator. So we got to look at, uh, at his case for being the guy who's at fault here. More on that when we come back. Keep it on the ticket. The Ritter Communications Hotline is open now on Northeast Arkansas Sports Station. Call 930-3776. Is it finally time to pull the trigger on a new golf cart? Or is the cart you currently have struggling to make it around the course? Let NEA Golf Cars and Perico get you rolling. Come by and see the selection of Onward Cars by Club Car. And then you can finish your new ride out with original Club Car accessories. NEA Golf Cars also is used cars from a variety of brands and can also take care of your current cart with accessories, Tires, wheels, batteries, tune-ups, and more. Go by and see them on Highway 49 North or call them at 236-GOLF. NEA Golf Cars in Paragool. Get up to $170 back at Plaza Tire Service on a set of Dixie Peck or Mickey Thompson off-road tires. Save $70 instantly on a set of four at Plaza Tire Service, plus get $100 back by mail on eligible Mickey Thompson tread patterns. This exclusive deal on go-anywhere, great-looking off-road tires is only at Plaza Tire Service. In Jonesboro and South Caraway and at our newest store on East Johnson Avenue. Get up to $170 back on a set of Dixie Peck or Mickey Thompson off-road tires at Plaza Tire Service. Soybean prices still falling a bit. Hello, I'm Scotty Woodson on the EAB Ag Network with your EAB Noon Market Report. December corn at 542 and a half up one with March corn at 551 and a quarter up one and a half. November soybeans at 1237 and three quarters down eight and three quarters with January soybeans at 1248 and a quarter down eight and a quarter. December wheat at 757 and three quarters up two and a half with March wheat at 770 up four. December cotton at 105.26 up 73 with March cotton at 102.97 up 153. November rice at 13.53 and a half down eight cents. January rice at 13.80 down six and a half. Moving on to livestock now. October live cattle at 122.72 and a half up 232 and a half. December live cattle at 128.27 and a half up 307 and a half. October feeder cattle at 154.80 up 205 with November feeder cattle up 2 to 154.90. October lane hogs at 91.05 down 125. December hogs at 83.45 down 172 and a half. That's your EAB Noon Market Report. And I'm Scotty Woodson. Have a great day. I'm a cotton farmer. I'm BASF. I'm made of grit and hands that never stop working. I'm made of agronomics, innovation, and hands that never stop helping. I, I believe, believe cotton, cotton isn't a crop. crop. It's a calling. I'm made to grow it. Protect it. I know this is important to my family. Every family. That's why I work harder. Innovate better. To make my cotton as good as it can be. As protected as it can be. I'm a cotton farmer. I'm BASF. We create chemistry. The key to cleaner, ready-to-plant fields next spring? Use the newest PPO burndown herbicide to create the foundation for your tank mix this fall. Reviton's novel active ingredient and low use rate means better resistance management and powerful, fast performance even against tough-to-control fall weeds like henbit, morning glory, and poa. Hammer weeds harder with Reviton. Learn more at helmcrop.com slash Reviton. That's H-E-L-M-Crop.com slash Reviton. Always read and follow label directions. Turn it up and annoy your coworkers who wear the wrong colors. Back to the Workday Red Zone. Here's Kara Ritchie. Kicking myself just a little bit. 
that we didn't chop up any of Kanye's blame game for today's show. It would have <laughs> it would have fit very very well. As we welcome you back to the Workday Red Zone, Kara and Kate with you. 9303776. Now it's stuck in my head. Let's play the blame game. And that's what we're doing today for our KavanaughCars.com question. Who's to blame for Arkansas State's defensive issues? And uh, we continue to go around and, and look around and, and point some fingers here. And, and it's time to point the finger for a minute at Rob Harley, Arkansas State's first-year defensive coordinator. This is his first year uh, being a defensive coordinator. He had been a... Uh, he had been a position coach prior to that at Pitt. Um, he played defense, uh, obviously, and and uh, I know that uh, coming into this, just by listening to the way that he talked, I thought this would be a little bit more of a defense that possibly we could compare to to the Cawthon era defense in the sense that they wanted to be more aggressive. Uh, the entire goal of the defense would be to put pressure on the quarterback and, and things like that. So just from the sound of it, I, I thought that maybe that's what we were going to, to see this year, but I think we all know that that has not come to fruition at this point in time. The biggest thing right now with, with this defense is, is there not anything at all that can be done to limit the explosive plays? I know a lot of times it's not the X's and O's, it's the Jimmy's and Joe's, and we've talked about the fact that this defense at times looks a little bit slow. They they don't look as physical as their opposition. But anything? Is there anything that can be tweaked from a schematic perspective? A-State football has allowed seven. Count it with me, friends. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One play touchdown drives this season. They have allowed three. One, two, three. Touchdown drives of two plays. They gave up one of each in the game against Georgia Southern. The Red Wolves have allowed 11 plays of 50 or more yards. And only six teams in the country have allowed more than five these are backbreakers, daggers, disasters, whatever you want to call them. Flashing back to the game against Georgia Southern, which we barely even talked about today because we're looking at more of a big picture disaster here. So apologies if you want to just strictly talk about that game. But but back to that one, A-State allowed 14 total chunk plays to the Eagles. And for, chunk plays, as, as the stat cast defines them, are plays that are uh, rushes of 10 or more yards, passes of 15 or more yards. So 14 chunk plays to the Eagles, 13 of those on the ground. On those 13 particular chunk plays, the Eagles racked up 403 yards. That's 31 yards per play on those 13 plays. That is an insane number. I didn't like last year's soft coverage and in, in where some of these defenders were positioned, but I'm starting to get it. You know, maybe you try at this point now to to bend, but don't break. You let things happen in front of you instead of getting behind you. And then you hope that your opposition tightens up in the red zone. That maybe you can force field goals instead of allowing touchdowns. Rob Hartley has to some way, somehow, find a way to limit these. And I get that it's going to take more of a, a tourniquet than a band-aid to stop this bleeding. But some way. Somehow, this is one aspect of the defense that has to improve. Period. Jeremy's with us on the phone. How are you? 
Hey, I'm doing well. How are you? Hey, doing great. Thanks for shouting at us today. Yeah, uh, I say I'm doing well. It is a uh, this is a discouraging football team. It really is, yeah. and and it's it's tough to watch uh, when you've got a uh, a defense that's struggling like this. To me, there's there's not just one individual person that can be blamed for it. It's it's a failure at, at several levels. First of all. Uh, you got to put some blame on the previous coaching staff for not recruiting the depth and caliber of players that we needed to be successful there, uh, particularly at linebacker. We we just don't have difference-making linebackers anymore. If we had a Kyle Wilson or a Kushan Lee or a well, even a Justin Rice, yeah. things could. Well, they would immediately be better. They just would. If we had two of those guys, things would be much better. But but they're not out there. And, and no offense to the guys that we have. Um, when you talk about Harley, he has to teach these guys better gap assignment control. I don't – I'm not an X's and O's guys, but I know that our linebackers consistently pick a gap that the running back does not run to. And, and you can see that over and over. They get swallowed up by an interior offensive lineman because they fill a hole, a running back runs to another hole, and it's into the secondary, and, and you got one-on-one with the safety. And our safeties just, bless their heart, they're not real fast. Yeah. Um, and, and they get outran on angles um, from there. So um, the only way to get out of this is to recruit your way out of it. I don't think there's any way to fix it this year, but you should be able to make it better. You should be able to maybe that is uh, involving being more conservative and letting your linebackers set back a little bit and as opposed to attacking, maybe they react a little more and okay, they're going to get two or three or four yards, but they're not going to get 70. Um, but the, the last part of that that I have to say is that and this is the most frustrating thing, is I see a little bit of an effort issue, um, specifically that we don't gain tackle. Uh, When you see one of our guys get two arms around somebody, you should see five, six, seven black hats around the football. Everybody should not sit back and watch for this guy to make a tackle, but they should be in on the play, jumping on top of the pile. And you see that with good defenses. If you watch a really good good defense, well, let's use the best one right now. Let's use Georgia. You watch Georgia play defense, mm-hmm. and when somebody grabs a, a running back, you're going to see a swarm of bodies to the football. And we're not seeing that. We're seeing broken tackles, and and people are already standing on their heels. So that that has to be an attitude and it has to be fixed internally in practice and like i said we're five games in i'm not sure if the answer is going to happen this year but it is a systematic failure and a very discouraging one because to be honest with you coastal carolina can probably score whatever they want to score thursday night that that being said i'm going to be there and i hope our fans do the worst case scenario is we get to see an NFL quarterback play. That's the worst thing that can happen is you get to see a future NFL quarterback 
and the highest-ranked team ever to play in Jonesboro. So, anyway, I'm encouraging our friends to show up, whatever. But um, it's tough, and uh, it's going to be a long seven games. That it is. Jeremy, we appreciate the phone call today. We'll see you Thursday. Thank you. Bye. Hey, we've got to take a break. We'll hit pause. We'll come back, wrap up this hour here on the Workday Red Zone. When she's not watching sports, she's talking about sports. And when she's not talking sports, she's tweeting about it. All right, boys, how did I tweet on this thing? It's Tara Ritchie on the Workday Red Zone. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. It was always going to be difficult for the Bucks and Patriots game to live up to the hype. Tom Brady's return to Foxborough was one of the more anticipated regular season games in NFL history. So, of course, the game wasn't pretty. Rained all night in New England, and Brady didn't seem to really look like himself. But he didn't come away with the victory. Patriots actually had a chance to go ahead in the final minute, but missed a long field goal attempt. There has to be relief on both sides to get this game over with. The Patriots built their dynasty by focusing on details. Coach Bill Belichick hates distractions. This week had more than enough for those for both teams. As dramatic as Brady's return was, it was still week four. The Bucks have serious injury issues to deal with. The Patriots are trying to learn how to win games with a rookie quarterback, Mac Jones, who did look very promising last night. Now that the big game is finally over, it's time to get back to work, move on to week five, and we can move on as well. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Hey, Dan Patrick here. You've heard me talking about Get Upside on the show, the free app that pays you up to 25 cents cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. I've got a special offer for my listeners right now. When you use the promo code football, you'll receive a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents per gallon cash back. So do the math. Let's say you have an SUV or a truck, standard 20 gallon tank, promo code football. That earns you $10. That's 10 extra dollars in your pocket just for buying gas. Something you have to buy anyway, basically free money. Stop overpaying for gas and start earning cash back with GetUpside. It's the easiest decision you'll make all day. Download GetUpside in the App Store or Google Play and start earning cash back just for buying gas. And remember, use that promo code FOOTBALL. You'll get the bonus $0.25 per gallon cash back. That's promo code FOOTBALL. Good luck. GetUpside. Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that we can give our daughters everything they need to grow and learn. But not every child can focus on classes and play dates. Nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. face hunger. That's one in six. School lunch might be their only meal each day. And it's heartbreaking to imagine any child going to bed hungry. We're dreaming of a perfect day when kids can smile, play, and just be kids without worrying about where their next meal will come from. Feeding America is working to make that perfect day a reality. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste. That food is given to families and children in need. Being a kid should be about doing things that make an ordinary day extraordinary. Learning to play an instrument, building a sandcastle, hosting tea parties. Hunger should never be an obstacle to growing up. You can help end childhood hunger in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Be part of the conversation on the Workday Red Zone. Phone lines open now, 930-3776. 
Welcome back to the Workday Red Zone. Kara Cade with you for just a couple more minutes. No phone calls right now, just because, well, you're hearing music in the background. You're about to hear music again just to wrap up this hour. And we'll open back up the phones at 1 uh, for those of you that want to weigh in on the KavanaughCars.com question. Who's to blame for Arkansas State's defensive issues? One of the things we said when, when previewing last week is is you've kind of felt like maybe if, if A-State went out and had a good showing against Georgia Southern, defensively, that would give you a little bit more hope heading into Thursday against Coastal Carolina. Because although offensively, you know, Coastal is not a triple option team, they do do some option, it's kind of an option principled offense. So you thought, all right, well, if A-State goes out and plays well, well, that that gives you encouragement in facing uh, the top ranked team that's ever going to play in Jonesboro. And this is the opposite of encouragement is is what I'm feeling today since that was not a good defensive effort. Of course, Coastal Carolina went out last week and, and that game looked about like you thought it would against ULM. Absolutely no issues there whatsoever. They won that one at home 59-6 to over the Warhawks. It was, it was almost a really interesting day in the Sun Belt. There were a couple of games that played out like you thought they would. App State had no issues with Georgia State. That was a 45-16 to final. But then, looking at the West, South Alabama came really close, really close to knocking off the Raging Cajuns. That final there was was a 20-18 Cajuns win. And, I mean, it, it, it came down to the very tail end of it with South Alabama missing a field goal. I was, I, I, I didn't know really what to expect with Kane Womack coming in. I, I felt like the Jaguars did have a little bit of an, an X factor of a weapon there with Matt Shadid being on that strength and conditioning staff, leading that strength and conditioning staff. But I didn't expect, you know, South Alabama to show up and clearly be the second best team in the Sunbelt Conference West, you know, just three, four games into 2021. But that's where they are right now. And, and you can't argue that with on-the-field play. Elsewhere... And just another example of the fact that, you know, Vegas always knows. Um, th- they did go ahead and cover. South Carolina did over Troy. Is That was a 24-13 to final. But there were so many times Troy could have won that game. And there were so many weird, fluky things that happened throughout that game that if they just would have went a little bit differently, Troy could have very easily pulled off the upset there. But they did not. So, again, just uh, a week that, on paper, might not have looked that exciting in conference play. Ended up being <laughs> almost a whole new level. Yeah. Not quite, but almost a whole new level uh, there in, in the Sun Belt. So, uh, more football talk on the way next. Again, we're asking you today who's to blame for Arkansas State's defensive issues. we got to look at the head coach, do we not? We'll lay out the reasons why Butch is at fault when we come back. Plus, plenty more in the second hour. And we've still got to talk some Cardinal baseball. They get ready for the playoffs on Wednesday. Plus, it was uh, not so much of a, well, I don't know what it was over the weekend in college football. It was a lot of fun. More on that when we return. Keep it here with us on the Workday Red Zone.
This is Will Oswald with your Monday Ticket Sports Update from KDA. Brian to plans to tire service. A rough start to Sunbelt football play for the Red Wolves on Saturday with a 59-33 loss at Georgia Southern. It's a short turnaround for Butch Jones and crew as they host 15th-ranked Coastal Carolina in a nationally televised game Thursday at 6.30 at Centennial Bank Stadium. Arkansas fell from 8th to 13th in this week's AP poll after losing 37-0 at second-ranked Georgia on Saturday. They'll take on the 17th-ranked Ole Miss Rebels on Saturday at 11 a.m. at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium in Oxford. Cardinals' regular season ended yesterday with a seven-inning rain-shortened 3-2 loss to the Cubs at Bush Stadium, finishing the regular season 90-72. and They now get set for the National League wildcard game Wednesday evening They'll take on the Dodgers in Los Angeles with that pregame at 6:15. First pitch at 7:10 Thursday on 95.9 The Wolf. Bringing you the best deal on tires since 1963, and now serving you at two Jonesboro locations. That's Plaza Tire Service, and that's the latest from the ticket. Hello, this is Bob Moore with More Air Conditioning. Heating issues when the temperature drops interrupt your life in more ways than one. We're here to help. When you need your heating system repaired, you need it fast. Get more assurance with the More Same Day Guarantee. We'll send a licensed and trained technician to your home the same day you call or you don't pay a service fee. That's the More Assurance Guarantee. Creating comfort one home at a time. Call More Air Conditioning today, 870-336-2023. Colson Group USA is the largest manufacturer of caster and wheel products, responsible for the most trusted and highest quality mobility solutions available in the world today. Colson Group Jonesboro is building a state-of-the-art facility and looking for qualified individuals to join our team. Maintenance techs, assembly operators, order pickers, and forklift operators. Average starting pay is $18 an hour. Climate-controlled environment, great benefits, and a four-day work week with weekends off. Visit our website at colsongroupusa.com and click the careers tab. Apply today. That's Colson GroupUSA.com. You've got a lot riding on how well your car gets repaired. When you choose Stadium Auto Body after an accident, you know you've chosen the best body shop in Northeast Arkansas. Stadium Auto Body is iCar Gold Class certified, meaning our auto body professionals have current, up-to-date training that contributes to complete, safe, and quality repairs. Accidents happen. We're what happens next. Stadium Auto Body in Jonesboro and StadiumAutoBody.com. Next time you have a special occasion, make a memory you'll never forget with the help of Crown Limousine. Weddings, birthday parties, concerts, anniversaries, going out for dinner, or just because. Crown Limousine will help you make a memory that will last a lifetime. Choose from Crown Limousine's 14-passenger Hummer or one of their 10-passenger Lincolns. Crown Limousine has the right limo for your memory. Find Crown Limousine on Facebook and at crownlimo1.com. Call 215-0077 and reserve your next memory in motion with Crown Limousine. Express Employment Professionals is hiring right now near you. Express in Stuttgart is now hiring for seasonal positions at Riceland that could transition into a long-term and lucrative career in the rice industry, a business vital to this area. These jobs are also a great opportunity to earn extra money with substantial overtime. Now is the time to join Riceland in Lono, Hazen, Desart, Holly Grove, Fair Oaks, Hickory Ridge, Parkin, Wheatley, or Stuttgart. Seasonal positions include harvest labor, dump operators, sample house workers, and appraisal. There's never a fee to apply with Express, and they offer free direct deposit or prepaid debit cards. Stop the job shuffle. Apply for the seasonal positions now available with Riceland, and you could transition into a continuing and rewarding career. Call 870-672-4568 to schedule an appointment to apply in person at Express Employment in Stuttgart, or begin your application online at expresspros.com. That's expresspros.com or 870-672-4568. 
You're listening to KNEA Jonesboro and KBRI Clarendon. The Ticket. Half time's over, and we're getting back to work. Hour two of the Workday Red Zone begins now. Here's Kara Ritchie. Welcome back to the Workday Red Zone. Kara Ritchie here with you. Kate Carlton here with you. It's his birthday, by the way. So again, when you call us on the Ritter Communications Hotline, you should start your conversation <laughs> with Happy Birthday, Cade! Yeah. Best birthday present I got is Ole Miss Tennessee not being an 11 a.m. kick. There you go. See, today's not a lost cause. <laughs> There's so much positive yeah. to talk about. That being said, we've still got an hour of complaining about football <laughs> ahead here on the tickets. And uh, for our KavanaughCars.com question today, we are asking you, who is to blame? for Arkansas State's defensive issues. That question is brought to you by our friends at KavanaughCars.com. Maybe you're having some issues of your own. Uh, maybe your current vehicle is not quite as reliable as you'd like. Maybe it's starting to make some kind of weird noise. Not really sure where it's coming from. Uh, probably means it's time for an upgrade. And the best place to start your search is at KavanaughCars.com. You can search, of course. Uh, they, they have a basic search where you can just go in and look, make and model and all that stuff. But... Uh, you can really kind of dig in and, and find your perfect vehicle. Say you don't necessarily have a particular car in mind, but but you know you want um, a specific body style, like you want an SUV. And you know what your budget is. You know what year you would like for it to be. You can go in and you can plug in all these different things, and that way find your ideal vehicle. And then, hey, while you're there, go ahead and get pre-approved as well. All of that can be taken care of right now at KavanaughCars.com. We've been going around and, again, playing the blame game on today. Uh, for today in terms of you know, who who is at fault with this mess of a defense for the Red Wolves. And uh, by the way, <laughs> to add to this note, stop me if you heard this one before, but a player that played against Arkansas State last week is the Offensive <laughs> Player of the Week. Three straight weeks. <laughs> it is. Uh, not that you didn't know this was coming, but Logan Wright, who is Georgia Southern's Mack truck of a running back, is uh, is the Sunbelt Offensive Player of the Week. 10 carries, 214 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, I did see a tweet from A-State Fan Rolls over the weekend that was both terrible and funny at the same time, where he said, you know, how can Arkansas State be expected to show progress on defense when they face the Sunbelt Conference Offensive Player of the Week every week. Yeah. Uh, but, of course, it's we know why those guys yeah. are continuing to did, get. Uh, did anybody work. from Washington get Offensive Player of the Week? I don't think so. I okay. think that was the one the one uh, wrinkle in the, the scheme this year in terms of, of FBS opponents. Okay. We saw somebody from Memphis, somebody from Tulsa, yep. somebody from Georgia Southern, all, all getting those accolades after playing. The Red Wolves. And again, we've been going around. We've been pointing fingers. Um, we, we've talked about, you know, why it could be the player's fault, why it could be Rob Harley's fault. But ultimately, this is this is Butch Jones' team. The buck stops with the head coach. And, I mean, right now, everything with this defense is, is abysmal. Five games into the season for Arkansas State, and I don't know what A-State is good at defensively. And I don't know what they're trying to be good at defensively. 
are they trying to be an aggressive havoc creating defense? Are they trying to force turnovers? Are they trying to bend but not break? Do they want to be able to hang their hat on on toughness? On on speed, on smarts? I don't know. I have no idea. And I haven't seen anything that points in any of those directions to try and figure it out. The overall mentality of that defense, the mindset, what you want to embrace, what you want your strengths to be, that comes from your head coach. Watching, quote, the process unfold in real time has been tough. I mean, I guess it was for Nick Saban back in the day in, in Alabama as well. I'll never forget that his first year they lost to ULM. But, but still, I'm not sure if these guys are, are sticking to the process right now or not. But, but looking at the results, it's hard to believe that's the case. You know, when you go back and you look at the past two games, not every moment defensively has been a tire fire. But both games... With Tulsa and Georgia Southern, we're pretty much doomed by a short window where everything just fell apart at Tulsa. It was about a six-minute span at the end of the second quarter and starting the third quarter that just caused that game to collapse. At Georgia Southern, it was a minute and a half in game time where A-State went from leading by two to trailing by ten. And by the way, since we're in our Blaine Butch segment, I really want to know why the spot on fourth and one or the waved-off fumble were not challenged. At one point in time, you know, Georgia Southern was given a first down on, on a fourth and one play. And look, from my crystal clear vantage point on my couch... <laughs> It looked like a questionable call, and I really wanted to see that spot challenge. There was another situation where it looked like a Georgia Southern receiver caught a ball and then fumbled it, and they went back and ruled it an incompletion, but I was curious about that call as well. But but back to the bigger picture and not just the Georgia Southern game. It does not seem like this team is very good at being able to snap and clear, which if you haven't heard you know, Butch Jones or anybody else use that phrase. That just means to just focus on the play that's going on, clear it out of your head when it's over, and move on to the next one. Snap the ball, clear, snap the ball, clear. I mean, rinse and repeat for an entire football game. And that has nothing to do with size or speed or anything else where A-State seems to be lacking. It is a mentality thing. In a team's personality, their mentality, that comes from the head coach. So if you're looking at Blaine Butch, that's where I start. This team has to be mentally tougher, and that 100% falls on him. Right now, he is uh, up to the podium for his weekly press conference. This is usually on Tuesday, but obviously with this being a short week, things have been shifted around a little bit. Uh, Moving to the offense for a moment, I I think everybody is is aware that this offensive line has had has had some struggles. And that is particularly on the right side, where there has been some changing personnel um, due to mostly, inter- uh, mostly injury, although I think possibly a little bit of inefficiency as well. And uh, the hits kind of continue to come there. 
as now Robert Holmes is out for the season. He started the first, I can't remember if he started the first two or, or first three games of the season there at right tackle. Uh, he's a transfer from, well, he played previously at UConn and Austin P. And he was a guy at, at right tackle already, some knee issues. And in fact, he's going to be, again, lost for the season and will have about a 12 to 13 week recovery process. So, again, a, an area that has struggled this year is not not really getting any help there uh, from, from the injury front. Now, the depth chart looks pretty much like it did last week. I'm not even looking at it. He, he so does not stick with that depth chart. It's hardly even worth yeah, talking it's, about it's, from yeah, time to time. Yeah. Uh, but... One thing that, that he did mention or, or that we heard him talk about in some audio was once he got closer to the end of that game, he made you know an in-game offensive line change where he plugged Jacob Steele back in at center and moved Miner out to guard. And that helped spark a little bit of the offense. Like I know people will look at that game and think, oh, it's Hatcher coming in. And, and don't get me wrong, he did. He did. But part of it was also the fact that you had better offensive line play there towards the end of the game. Um, James Blackman got sacked six times on Saturday, and that doesn't count how many times he got hit. There was a string there where it seemed like, although, you know, they weren't listed on the stat sheet as sacks, they weren't going to be listed on the stat sheet as hurries. It seemed like there was a stretch there where every single time he got let go, every single time he let go of the football, he got hit. You know, not hit late enough that anybody would, would throw a flag, but I mean, just boom, boom. Throw the ball, get hit. I really am curious at the total number of hits that he took in that game. The week before, he took 19, 19 total hits. And I know that there is going to continue to be quarterback controversy around this year, but I'm not sure how much it's going to matter who is there as long as they're taking 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 hits a game. Yep. Now, all that being said, I would like to see Hatcher on Saturday, and, and here is why. Because of the deficient the, the deficiencies on defense, you cannot have mistakes on offense. And James Blackman made three mistakes on Saturday, one of which immediately turned into some points for the Eagles. And I think the thing that bothered me when I was watching that is those players, <clears throat> excuse me, the Eagles defenders knew where that ball was. Like they were on the field at the perfect spot to haul in those, those interceptions. Sometimes you see interceptions that are like, it's a leaping player jumping into the air and, and making some incredibly acrobatic athletic play to be able to haul in an INT. Now those dudes just jumped the routes and they're ready to go. They knew exactly where that ball was going. Neither one of these guys is going to be able to play perfect. They're just not. But you have to go with a guy who is going to play the most mistake-free. And I feel like, at least this week, it, it should be Hatcher. Now, the issue is, if Hatcher goes out there and plays poorly, which, of course, he threw an interception in this game as well, then it's just it's just the same issue repeating itself over and over and over with no good answer, except a situation that's just going to always make the fans mad. So, unfortunately, it's just, it's a mess. And a lot of that mess just kind of, not really anything you can 
do about it due to the line of play. Now, that being said, uh, James Blackman is still listed as QB1 on this week's depth chart. So that is the game plan there right now. Um, I'm scanning through, I'm trying to scan through tweets here from, you know, Logan Whaley of KIT, Mitchell Gladstone of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and of course, JC from here at the ticket, just trying to see if there's anything of note that, which is mentioned so far with the exception of Holmes uh, being out for the season. But I tell you what, it'll be easier for me to to do this during a break. Skim skim through and see if there's anything of, of interest there. And uh, we'll come back and see if there's anything we can share with you and also take a look around the top 25 other action from college football over the weekend. We'll do that in a moment. Keep it here with us on the Workday Red Zone. Northeast Arkansas's sports station is 95.3 The Ticket. You may not be thinking about putting up Christmas lights right now, but you need to. Why? Because don't you remember your husband falling off the ladder, shocking himself, getting all of the lights up and half of them didn't work? The stress, the worry, get ahead of the decorating by calling Mojo Lawn Care and go ahead and have them put you down for their Christmas light service. Get on Mojo Lawn Care's schedule for closer to the holidays so they're not totally booked up when you get ready to decorate. Mojo Lawn Care hangs lights, wraps trees and shrubs, hangs large wreaths. They even get on the peaks of your roof line and then they can store your lights and decorations till next year. Mojo Lawn Care will decorate your house so great for Christmas that the Griswolds would be jealous. But don't get left out. I know Christmas is a long ways away. Or is it? Call Mojo Lawn Care today. Make sure you're on the nice list by getting on their schedule when you're ready. 219-3446 That's 219-3446 And visit ChristmasLightsOfJonesboro.com Trust your heart to better care at NEA Baptist. Better access means communication with your award-winning cardiac team anytime, anywhere with the MyChart app. Better technology means leading the state with new treatments and interventions right here in Jonesboro. Better is an integrated team of experts at your service when seconds matter. Your heart deserves better. Find it at NEA Baptist. Greenway is your local source for John Deere equipment and implements. Now we've made finding the perfect piece of equipment even easier. Shop our tractor packages online at gogreenway.com. Till deeper with our down-to-earth package. Or save big with our green saver package. Need something with a little more muscle? Kick it up a notch with Greenway's Get In Gear package. We're here to support the DIYer in you. No matter what project comes your way, Greenway has you covered. Are you ready to change banks or add another checking account without even going to the bank? It's super easy with Farmers and Merchants Bank and the Bank of Fayetteville at mebanking.com. Simply go to mebanking on your computer, tablet, or smartphone. Then scroll through our selection of checking accounts to find the perfect one for you. Fill out the online form and you're on your way. For all the details and to get started now, go to mebanking.com. Member FDIC. Take time to exercise. Focus on your emotional needs and your loved ones. If you need help, visit MethodistFamily.org. For over 120 years, MFH has been your community resource for a complete continuum of care. This message is sponsored by Methodist Family Health and aired in cooperation with this station and the Arkansas Broadcasters Association. 76% of employees have struggled with at least one issue that affected their mental health. When you share, you're not alone. Ask about your company's emotional health benefits. Visit heart.org slash sharing. Brought to you by the American Heart Association. On paper? 
It's the best sports show around. Back to the Workday Red Zone. Welcome back to the Workday Red Zone. Kara and Kate still with you. Phone lines back open at 9303776. Who is to blame for Arkansas State's defensive issues? It's our KavanaughCars.com question. We've been pointing fingers. Uh, we've got one more big finger to point, but we're going to save that for the next segment and because uh, it's, it's going to take a minute to get through that one. But uh, you can weigh in with us at 9303-776. That, of course, is the number on the Ritter Communications Hotline. Not a good week for coaches with A-State ties. <laughs> Butch lost. Blake lost. Uh, Gus lost. Tom Allen lost. Walt Bell lost. Eli Drinkwitz lost. Auburn barely pulled it off. He was really the only one with a <laughs> convincing victory. But there were some very interesting twists and turns along the weekend in terms of uh, college football. It was definitely not really a shake-up Saturday, as it had the potential to be, but just more of a separation Saturday, particularly in the SEC. Yeah. And, uh, we'll look more on that here in just a moment. Troy's with us on the phone. Troy, how are you? I'm okay, Kara. Uh, you know, you can sugarcoat this all you want to, but this fiasco lays so solely at the feet of Anderson and Mahajer. Well, if Mahajer, if Mahajer, as far as I'm concerned, those two guys owe ASU $2 million for the salaries they were paid the last two years for doing absolutely nothing. If, they, if Mahajer had fired Anderson two years ago like he should have, we'd be two years into, into rebuilding this mess. I, I go back a long way, and Lacell's second year, he went 2-9. and nine, And it was because Bull Davidson recruited a bunch of junior college players two years before. Mm-hmm. They all graduated, and he left Lacell with nothing. I remember Lacell was, was so sick about it, he went to the president and offered to resign. And the president talked him out of it, and within two years, he turned this program around. wasn't his fault, and I think we're in a, it's almost identical mess. And it all lies solely at the feet of Anderson. One, I lost my wife. I lost my wife very similar five years ago. Mm-hmm. You pull your pants up for about six months, mourner, and then you go about your life. And if that's what Anderson had done, we wouldn't be in this mess. And I got tired of him using that wife's death as an excuse. We have not tried to sugarcoat the Blake Anderson era in, in terms of finger pointing today, Troy. We just we just honestly haven't got to his name on the list yet. It's 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 coming up next for, for several reasons. We'll look at, you know, kind of the state of the program that he left A State with. Well he left it in shambles, for sure. And uh I, you know, I you won't remember this, but National Signing Day I called in and asked you had we signed any linebackers and I don't think we did out of high school. And, and I, I knew that was an issue because I knew our linebackers we had were just, I mean, no offense to the kids, but they're just not very good. And it's and it's showing up big time now. You don't fix this mess in a year or two. It's no. gonna, this is, this is going to be a long fix. I, I don't disagree <laughs> with you there because because the issue when you look at this roster is that it's not, it's, it's not 
a spot. I mean, you've got you've got both top tier talent depth issues or top tier talent issues and depth issues. And the fact is, right now because they're they're such big situations, A State's going to have to start in the trenches and have to significantly upgrade both the offensive and defensive lines. And then after that, maybe you get to work on on the linebackers and the defensive backs. So it's it's going to be a couple three recruiting cycles before, um, at least from a personnel aspect, it's it's a significant upgrade. Exactly, and we still have an offensive coordinator who showed who showed last year he wasn't very good, and it's even I mean it, that's just continued this year. Uh, that, that's the only mistake, I, as far as I'm concerned personally, that I want to put at Jones' feet. Keeping Heckendorf was a huge mistake, and I said so when he did it. Well, I'm not sure what other options there were. Jones tried two other options, and they didn't work. Could be. I don't know. Could be. But obviously this didn't work. But, I, I, you know, I... I just think it's way too soon to start throwing rocks at Jones. And he may not be the answer. I don't know. Yeah. But the, but the, but he's sure not the problem. The problem with Anderson and keeping him way, way, way too long. I do feel like when you've got this many issues, you know, it is a little bit of a – it's a group effort in terms of who to whose feet to lay the blame at. But, uh, but again, we'll, we'll dive into some, some stuff in regards to Anderson and recruiting and things like that uh, coming up in the next segment. Okay, have a good one. See you. Thanks for calling us, Troy. Nine three zero three seven seven six is the number to call. Again, we're not. I'm not going to try and, and sugarcoat the Anderson era. We just we haven't got there on our our list yet. I didn't just want to throw all the names out at the beginning of the program. I got to I got to drag it out, slow play it a little bit. You know, it's a two hour show. <laughs> we got to have a lot to get through. And uh, again, we'll revisit that, uh, or we'll get back to that topic probably at about one uh, thirty is when we'll start looking at some of the the different reasons there. To, to blame Blake but you know looking at a another fascinating weekend in college football now we joked I think on Friday that there is a chance that we could see you know completely different things in the college football playoff world than we've seen them before or, or there's a chance we're going to get to the college football playoff and it's going to be two SEC teams and two Big Ten teams and uh, when you look around at, at what happened again Alabama and Georgia just showed themselves to be the two superior teams in college football. Now, Lane Kiffin helped Nick Saban out a little bit with some of those fourth down calls, but my goodness, Georgia's defense is just at a different level. It is such an impressive unit. Yeah. And so both of those schools go out and prove to, to 5-0. and Meanwhile, Oregon gets upset because the Pac-12 is just... The Pac-12 is incompetent when it comes to seizing momentum. They just are. It seems like every year they have a, a team that starts to get some traction and people are finally starting to talk about a team from, from the Pacific Northwest or the West Coast or something, and then you get to this point in time of the season and they just shoot themselves in the foot. So down goes Oregon. In the meantime, you've still got Penn State rolling right along. They're 5-0. They had no issues with Indiana. You have an Oklahoma school that's looked, an Oklahoma team that's looked very flawed in the past two weeks against Kansas State and West Virginia. There, you can't tell me there's any way at the end of the season they're going to be left standing. So, just kind of a wild ride so far. Had tip to Kentucky, five and zero for I don't know. I'm sure I could look in some notes and tell you the last time Kentucky has been five and zero. 
I know it's been long enough that uh, their fans responded in the only way a fan base can, you know, by setting couches on fire. Yeah. Because that's smart. But we saw that and uh, saw that over the weekend. Saw Jimbo Fisher and his massive, massive contract lose to Mike Leach in Mississippi State. Number 18, Fresno State gets upset. Oklahoma State improves to 5-0. and So you just look around college football and good luck trying to figure it out. By the way, if any of you at the beginning of the season would have said that after five weeks of college football there would be one undefeated team in the ACC and that it would have been Wake Forest, would probably have wanted you to touch base with your therapist and yeah. make sure your meds were okay. Yeah, I, I just there's a noticeable difference between Bama and Georgia and everyone else. Bama, it's Bama, Georgia, yeah. and everyone else. That's why I like. I had no problem with Kiffin going for it on fourth down yeah. Saturday. Yeah. The only way Ole Miss was going to win that game was to get into some weird shootout with Bama. Field goals were not keeping you in that game because Bama was going to score. You know, I that's one of those strategies that I question when I see other people do it. But I'll tell you what, there was a. <laughs> fourth quarter punt called by Arkansas State football over the weekend that I was screaming at my TV. It was just like, go for it. Go for it. Yeah. I mean, it's you go back three, four years ago at LSU. LSU goes up 21-0. Ole Miss drives down the field, kicks a field goal to make it. Or 24-0. Ole Miss drives down the field, kicks a field goal to make it a 24-3 game. Like, I don't want to play that type of football. Go for it. Be aggressive. Especially when you know you're outmanned. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it's what do you have to lose when you know you're outmanned? Or if you can't make stops. Yeah, exactly. Just, Just go. Just go for it. So, again, interesting stuff. I guess nationally, aside from, you know, what the two SEC schools did, probably the biggest storyline of the weekend was was Cincinnati being able to upset Notre Dame because the Bearcats now to, I think, five in the rankings today. Yeah. We still haven't seen college football playoff rankings come out, and I can't remember the first week that they come out. But, I mean, we're at week five. It's going to be a little bit. There's still so much that can happen throughout the course of the season. But... You know, this is probably going to be the only top 25 opponent on Cincinnati's schedule. So they went out and they took business, took care of business as best they could. And now, you know, they're not completely control in control of their own destiny because no group of five team ever truly is. But they did what they could when they could to be able to get that W. They did leave some points on the board, though in following that game. But they came out on top. So I tell you what, we'll probably we'll probably look tomorrow at that at that game, kind of the the lay of the land in the group of five. In fact, I, I think to go ahead and throw out a spoiler, our our Kavanaughcars.com question tomorrow will ask you, you know, if you're pulling for Cincinnati, if you're a group of five fan, are you pulling for them this season to run the table, to have the best shot at a group of five team going to the playoff? Because in the meantime again, what we've seen around college football is is just We've seen a lot of chaos. Yeah. I'll have to... Do you know how many undefeated teams are left? Uh, I don't. Fox College Football always tweets out a graphic, though. I want to say it's like in the 20s or 30s. It's not very much. Here, we can check at NCAA.com. Last week, it was 26. Quick drum roll here. As nine of those suffered setbacks last week. So we're down to 17 undefeated teams through the five weeks of college football. So Alabama, Georgia, Iowa. Iowa, by the way, and Penn State square off on Saturday. One of those teams is going to knock 
they're out of the top five. Then uh, in addition to that, you know, we mentioned Cincinnati. They are still undefeated. Oklahoma, Michigan, BYU, Michigan State, Oklahoma State, Coastal, Kentucky, Wake Forest, SMU, San Diego State, and uh, two undefeated, unranked teams in UTSA and Wyoming. So, interesting. Nine knocked out last week. I would imagine it's going to continue to probably see some carnage in, in the weeks ahead. We're not, we're not even close at this point in time to 2007 levels of weird. But I'm crossing my fingers for it. it it's, still a, it's still a possibility. A lot of football left to play. A lot of blame. A lot of fingers left to point. We'll do that when we come back. We'll continue talking about uh, our KavanaughCars.com question. Who's to blame for Arkansas State's defensive issues? We well, knew we were getting around to it at some point in time. But we got to talk about Blake Anderson's role in all of this and, and the program that he left behind when he decided to go become the coach at Utah State. More on that when we return. Keep it here with us on the Workday Red Zone. We're the station that loves bat flips, transition threes, and end zone dances. One, two, three. It's Northeast Arkansas's Sports Station. 95.3 The Ticket. You know, there's a lot of frustration in farming. One of them is sitting in your truck waiting on parts while your field needs to be worked. That's why Baker Implement is committed to you and your farm, providing you the best service, support, and quality parts fast. With multiple locations, they're sure to have the parts you need. That's why you need to visit BakerImplement.com. 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 Because sitting in that truck... Waiting for them parts just makes you matter and matter. Get your parts, get them fast at BakerImplement.com. Need health insurance now? Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield's limited duration plans provide affordable coverage designed to cover you for the length of time you need it. You don't have to wait to shop for health insurance. You can apply for these policies at any time. Call Woody Harrelson at 870-897-5000 or come see Woody at 2512 Alexander Drive in Jonesboro today. Woody Harrelson is a soliciting agent for Arkansas Blue Cross, an independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association. Plans available only to residents in Arkansas. What does better mean to you? Maybe it's better services, better support, better ways to build a life or buy a home or run a business. First Security is your partner for it all with resources and solutions that make a difference for you and others. That's because First Security takes care of customers while building communities. Better for you, better for Arkansas, better for all. First Security, bank better. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. If you or someone you care about suffers from hearing loss and has insurance, please write down this number, 932-8200, 932-8200. That's the number for hearing specialists in Jonesboro. Call hearing specialists and find out if your hearing aids could be paid for by your insurance company. If you have select Blue Cross policies or the Arkansas Affordable Care Insurance policies, you could qualify for no-cost wireless Bluetooth state-of-the-art hearing aids at no cost to you. This is no gimmick. Call hearing specialists today, 932-8200, 932-8200. The Storehouse has a new location, 3102 Fox Road in Jonesboro, and they have everything for your business. Office supplies, office furniture, fireproof files, printer towers and ink, break room supplies, cleaning supplies, bathroom supplies, self-inking stamps, printing, and so much more. The Storehouse offers free delivery, and you can order online or over the phone if you need. The Storehouse, 3102 Fox Road in Jonesboro, or call 870-972-6360. Put your business in the hands of the experts at The Storehouse today. 
Hi, I'm Darren Dahl and Miss Arkansas 2019 and 2020. For me, the choice to get vaccinated was incredibly easy. I wanted the opportunity to get back to the normal that we were all used to and start to go outside in public and feel a little bit better about everything again. You can protect somebody's grandmother, somebody's parents. You're protecting your community by being vaccinated yourself. I encourage all Arkansans to go out and get their COVID-19 vaccine. Save lives. Get your vaccination. Learn more at healthy.arkansas.gov. This message brought to you by the Arkansas Department of Health. Giving you 110% and taking it one show at a time. Here's Kara Ritchie. Welcome back to the Workday Red Zone. want to welcome in all of you today who are having no choice but to stream us online at 953theticket.com because Facebook and Instagram are down and you have no other way to waste time. We'll, uh, we'll take being your third choice. We're all right with it. And uh, we do want you to weigh in on the KavanaughCars.com question, though. Who are you blaming for Arkansas State's defensive issues? And I tell you what, hold that thought on the phones for a minute, although you can still shout at us, uh, I guess, just on Twitter at Kara underscore Richie or by using the hashtag WDRZ. But I think it's time to talk about Blake Anderson's role in all of this. It's pretty easy to to pick on someone who's not around to defend themselves anymore, so that's what we're going to do. Plus, if Anderson was still blaming his predecessors for his roster issues in year five, Butch Jones certainly gets to do it in year one. There are, are several different things we could probably point at Blake for, but I, I'm going to focus on three. Coaching personnel, player positioning, and player recruiting and development. So to start with the coaching, do you ever wonder what would have happened if Brian Early had become Arkansas State's defensive coordinator in 2019 after Joe Cawthon left and, and went to Houston? Now, for all we know, he could have been offered that role and declined because he's making more and making more by quite a bit as Houston's defensive line coach than he would have as Arkansas State's defensive coordinator. But still, it's impossible not to wonder what this defense would look like if there was no Dave Duggan era. Now, Early could have been a disaster. We don't know. We haven't seen him in that role. He could have been bad, too. But the Dave Duggan era and everything that has happened since then has has just been a a tire fire. Now, Obviously, that only applies to the on-the-field stuff. You know, one of the reasons that Duggan was brought in was to help Blake run the team when he had to step away. And hat tip to him for coming in and doing that. But the defense was was bad that year in 2019. It got worse in 2020. And now it is just, it's the worst defense in the country. Historically, going to be one of the worst defenses in the Sun Belt ever. Historically, going to be one of the worst defenses at Arkansas State ever. It's, it's pretty terrible. With that job, again, we don't know how it all would have shook out, but I did find it interesting that even though this was Blake's guy, it didn't always seem like he and Duggan were on the same page. And, I mean, that happens. These guys aren't, like, mindless robots that just go out and, and yes, sir, every single thing a head coach says. But one of the things that, that sticks out to me, and what I mean by this, is you go back to 2019 when Arkansas State had to go through the scheme change. 
again, I understand why they had to go through the scheme change, and I think everybody else should as well. They they ran out of players at the interior of the defensive line. It was a safety issue. It was either you have two guys that play at the interior of the defensive line the whole game, every game, or you switch the scheme so you could have some kind of rotation there, some kind of break there. They were just so beat up, it was impossible. So they switched to the three-man scheme, right? But then you get to the next spring, and they're talking about the defensive scheme. Of course, Blake is asking. Everybody just assumes he's going to go back to the four-man front, right? And he's like, no, 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 no. We're, it's, we see this more and more now in college football in the way that, that offenses attack that we feel like this is going to be a good scheme. We're sticking with a three-man. You asked Dave Duggan that question. He's like, well, I'm not sure yet. And So you had a situation there where Duggan was trying to do the best with what he was forced into, but he was obviously not comfortable with it, and it, it just turned into a mess. If those guys weren't on the same page then, Duggan should have been gone. Because ultimately, again, as a head coach, the buck stops with you. Now, however, because of the, that scheme change and the, the decision to commit to it, we saw Arkansas State adjust its recruiting. So for a cycle, they didn't really target any, any interior defensive linemen because you didn't need as many bodies there. And so now, this leads me to my second point in terms of, of player positioning. A-State's best linebackers that are on this roster are at defensive end. A couple of its former defensive ends are at linebacker. And what I mean by that, one example, Jeff Mario Brown. That guy was brought in as a defensive end. But... With the scheme change, he is now a linebacker. And during that scheme change, we saw some of the inside guys go to outside and some of the outside guys go to linebacker. And they're just some of them getting more into their back into their natural positions. Terry Hampton has played defensive end for the past couple years. He's an interior defensive lineman. And he's back there now. But because he moved from outside to inside, you had to have some linebackers move from linebacker to defensive end. Kevon Bennett is a linebacker. That's what he did at Tennessee. Thurman Gathers is a linebacker. That's what he did at Louisville. But because some of your defensive ends had to move in, you had to find defensive ends. And of course, this all goes back to the the main point of here, of this. And and it's about player recruitment and, and development. And you can't tell me that over the past few years that Blake Anderson excelled at either. I went back and I was looking at, at recruiting classes under, under Anderson. And one that particularly stands out is the 2017 recruiting class. Because those guys should be your, your upperclassmen leaders right now, right? They would have been true freshmen in 2017 or redshirt, or redshirt guys, you know. And so say they played their first year, for example, like, like Jonathan Adams did. Jonathan Adams was in the class of 2017. Played in the fall of 2017, 18, 19, 20. Now, we know 20 was a, a freebie year, right? So any of the guys in the, that class could have came back. Pretty much anybody, anybody from this class would still be eligible to be on this team. You know how many defensive players from the class of 2017 are still at Arkansas State? Two. Two players. Hunter Morton, who's a backup at defensive line. And Caleb Bonner, who's a starting linebacker. In theory, how many should you have? I mean, more than two, right? 
but you have no established senior leadership on this on that team because this class was either junior college guys or bust. And I, I get the need to plug in junior college guys at, at positions of need. And I don't. I, I think it's sometimes good to go out and get, for an example, uh, an interior defensive lineman from the JUCO ranks, because typically. Look, you don't get freshman defensive linemen at the group of five level that are ready to go in and play immediately. So, heck, just go out and get get a JUCO guy, plug up the middle. That's been a situation that, that's worked for A-State a little bit. I mean, hello, Forrest Merrill. Yeah. That worked out well. But back to that 2017 class. That class had Tony Adams in it. He played for a couple years, got hurt. Had Bingham in it. Of course, he's... In, in Canada now, he was a junior college guy, so those guys didn't have a, a lot of eligibility to begin with. You had Josh Curry in it. I'm not sure if he finished out his eligibility or not. In that class, and additionally on defense, you had Jeffrey Gibson. He played at A-State, but he was a junior college guy. You had Chad Gooden. I can't tell you what happened to him. Darian Jackson was in that class. Again, he played. He used up his eligibility, but he was a junior college guy. Michael Johnson, a junior college guy. Kyle Martin, a junior college guy. Antoine Turnage, a junior college guy. Larry Wooden, no idea what happened to him. So, the guys that you brought in weren't that highly recruited anyways. Then, they either only played for two years or, or didn't finish their eligibility. And so now, you just have very little very little leadership, very little depth. And that all goes back on Blake Anderson. Red Wolf Mark, what are you doing? Hello there, mister. How you doing? I'm good. You? I am doing great. I am doing real good. How you doing today, Cade? I'm good. It's Cade's birthday. Did you tell him happy birthday? Happy birthday, Cade. Thank you. Happy 50th birthday, uh, you ain't fifty year old. You ain't fifty today, Kate. If he's fifty, he oh. needs to yeah, share I'm, some wrinkle cream <laughs> secrets. I'm halfway there, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I'm twenty five, so technically, yeah. I'm halfway there. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna let everybody know we're we're, we're gonna be having our fall festival October twenty fourth. Okie dokie. And uh, we're gonna be having a chili cook off. And if anybody wants to enter their chili in our fall festival, I'm gonna give you my number for that. And I got the brochures on it. You got you, you, all. You just got to do is put your name and and uh, make make a check out to Valley Ridge Baptist Church and everything. So, and I get you a brochure. I get you a piece of paper. And that way you can fill everything out and enter your chili. Um, we're gonna have a pumpkin contest, costume contest, hay ride, and and a silent auction. All that good stuff. Bouncy houses. And a lot of games, so we, we want everybody to come out October 24th at Valley Ridge Baptist Church. Okie dokie. And I'm, and I'm going to drop my number if anybody, if, anybody wants to, if anybody wants to do that. My number is 870-340-8697. Thanks for And I'm going to say all righty. I'm going to say all righty. Thank you. All righty. He leaves the phone lines open at 930-3776. Before we take our last break of the day, do want to check in on some of your responses on Twitter. In terms of pointing fingers, Rex says, We've seen this coming for years. 
Recruiting on defense got slimmer and slimmer. You can't transfer your way into a better defense. Justin says all of the above. (laughs) Blake Anderson recruitment on defense. Players' unwillingness to tackle and fill gaps, a lack of want to. All coaches, because there's no accountability, five games in now, has anyone truly been benched for their lack of effort or ability? For Mr. A, he says, is it changing schemes? First-time coordinator? New personnel learning to play together? Old habits from the previous staff still happening? He does try and spin it in a positive saying, or maybe we can just, uh, maybe we're just giving the rest of the conference a head start before we come out of nowhere to dominate. Hey, I feel like we saw App State do that in like, uh, I'm trying to remember. Their first year in the league, they started awfully, won the last six or so games of the season. I'm not going to try and Jim Carrey yeah, me today and, uh... and tell you. So I'm saying there's a chance it would take, I mean, honestly, divine intervention at this point in time to, to shore up some things enough to to be able to get to a bowl game. Bray also, uh, he says it's it's on the, the previous coaching staff. It has to be them. So those are some of your answers online. Again, you can continue to tweet at us with your answers. You can call us as well. Our phone lines will be open during the break at 930-3776, but we do need to take the last one. We haven't really touched on anything going on in the pros from Major League Baseball to the NFL or anything else, but we'll try and play catch-up when we come back and, and wrap things up on today's Workday Red Zone. Enter the Workday Red Zone with Kara Ritchie. Weekdays from noon to 2 on Northeast Arkansas's Sports Station. 95.3 The Ticket. Hey guys, EAB staff meteorologist Sarah Tipton here. I was out with friends last week and they wanted to know what I was doing to look so good. The last six weeks, I've been using the Betts Clinic Weight Loss Program and Body Contour Light. Y'all, I feel so good right now with cleansing my body and losing weight. I've lost 10% of my starting weight, 16 pounds, and I hope to lose more in the coming weeks. The best part? I can feel my obliques and see them, too. My arms and shoulders are on fire. I want you to feel and look like this. Being comfortable in my body again is wonderful. If you're like me, you know what to do to lose weight, but you don't want to give it the effort. That's why I chose Club Reduce and Solutions 4. This program at the Betts Clinic combines to help you in a specific way tailored to your body's needs. Want to join me? Call Dina at the Betts Clinic at 870-206-7813. That's 870-206-7813. The Betts Clinic. Hello, this is Bob Moore with Moore Air Conditioning. Heating issues when the temperature drops interrupt your life in more ways than one. We're here to help. When you need your heating system repaired, you need it fast. Get more assurance with the Moore Same Day Guarantee. We'll send a licensed and trained technician to your home the same day you call or you don't pay a service fee. That's the Moore Assurance Guarantee. Creating comfort one home at a time. Call more air conditioning today, 870-336-2023. Football season is in full swing, and your friends at the ticket are talking about all the teams you care about. High school, Red Wolves, Razorbacks, we've got you covered with all your favorite shows, including the Front Row with Budrow, RWRC Radio, the Workday Red Zone with Carol Ritchie, the Setup, and the Drive with Brad Bobo. And the ticket is Northeast Arkansas's home to the Dallas Cowboys. So if you want football, we're here for you on 104.1 KBRI, KNEA AM 970, 95.3 and 96.9. The ticket. I'll be here to hear what's on your mind. Kids want to share what's going on in their lives with the adults around them. Parents, grandparents, teachers, coaches, and more. They want to know you're listening. 
And they want to listen to you. They want your input and guidance early and often on all kinds of topics. When it comes to a serious subject like underage drinking, they want to know your expectations, as well as how and why, as a young person, they should avoid alcohol. How you talk about it will change as your child grows, but the important thing is to talk about it, not just once for an hour when you think the time is right, but in 60 one-minute conversations and more that are part of your everyday talks. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. You've already mailed it in at work today, so you might as well keep it right here. Back to the workday red zone. Welcome back to the Workday Red Zone. Karen, Kate with you for one more segment here. Again, uh, birthday boy, Kate Carlton. So if Facebook ever comes back on, don't forget to send him a message, post on his page, tell him a happy birthday today. You can also still bring him a cupcake if you would like. Uh, quick heads up on Wednesday. Go ahead and let you guys know we're going to be talking with Butch Jones at 1230. So looking forward to that as Arkansas State gets ready to welcome in Coastal Carolina for a midweek tilt. Let's go to the phones. Check in with Miss Lisa. How are you? Oh, 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 woe is me. But let <laughs> me give you what I think. And I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head when you started out. It's Alabama and Georgia and everybody else. Georgia, but here's what's going to happen. Kate, I think you'll agree with me. Uh, they will, it will come down to Georgia and Alabama for the SEC championship. But Alabama will win. Georgia can slide through the regular season, go undefeated, but they cannot win the big game. Do you agree with that, Kate, or is that too much? Mm, I don't know. They're pretty doggone good defensively. I know that they've been pretty doggone good defensively the last three or four years, and they always yeah. fold in a big game. And Alabama's been to so many big games, it's, they play better in a big game. I don't know. But let me tell you what I think about ASU. Okay. And, and I, think you'll, I think both of y'all will agree with me. I don't know. Um, and this is going to sound... Uh, like I didn't care about Blake Anderson's wife when I most certainly did because I have friends and family right now fighting breast cancer. So I know all the, uh, and of course, Carrie, you do too. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to function when you're, you know, having to deal with that on a daily basis. Now, having said that, my friends and family that are fighting this are still the other ones having to work and do their job as they're expected, or what will happen, they'll get fired. And uh, it looks to me like this isn't a one, two-year deal. It looks to me like a Chad Morris slash Brett Bielema eight-year deal where there wasn't any good recruiting going on. And then the good ones that he really had there, and not that he didn't leave some good ones, he recruited them to go with him to Utah State, which I think, they all do it, but I don't like it. Yeah. So 
I think it's a lack of recruiting on Blake Anderson's fault. A lot of it is. So if that's the case, if I'm right, which I'm probably wrong, but if I'm right, it's going to be a total rebuild, which is probably going to be like an Arkansas deal. It's going to take two, three, maybe four years. But um, we'll see. We'll see. But this is going to be a big game Saturday for Arkansas and Ole Miss to be second behind Alabama, a far second now. But it's going to be a big game, and it's going to be a big game for ASU this Thursday night. And I do hope people will go. I hope they do. I hope so, too. Well, that's my two cents, and uh, most people probably won't agree with it, but that's the way I feel about it. So thank you for taking my call. Hey, thanks for calling in, Miss Lisa. I do disagree with her on her last point. I think a lot of people do agree with uh, her statement there that it is Blake Anderson. She said people wouldn't. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people do because if you look at the whole situation here and, and you hear this comment from coaches a lot, you know, it's not the X's and O's. Sometimes it's the Jimmy and Joe's. I just keep going back to seeing this team losing so many foot races on defense, being out physical on defense, and in some aspects they're just going to need better players. Blake Anderson took A-State's best defensive player uh, that, that would be returning to college yeah. to, to Utah State with him. You know, you had two great players last year on that defense in Justin Rice and Forrest Merrill. Forrest, Forrest Merrill we're going to see on the field at some point in time this season for the Chargers. Justin Rice is at Utah State. Blake Anderson recruited some good players along the years on defense, but a lot of those guys were JUCO players. And they're, I mean, you can tell by the fact that, you know, you've got Ronnie Bingham, you've got... You've got Kyle Wilson. You've got Kevin Thurman. Those guys are continuing their pro careers in Canada. You've got Forrest Merrill on that practice squad in the NFL. Those were talented guys, but two years and done. And you're having to go right back out and and fill those positions again. And A-State has not been able to do so with the same talent level. So uh, just, uh, yeah, several different places to point fingers today. Thursday is going to be interesting. Um, well, obviously, tomorrow we got we got a snap and clear. We, we spent two hours today venting about the defense. Tomorrow we start looking at, at Coastal Carolina. Tomorrow we'll also try and squeeze in a little bit of baseball talk as well as we weren't able to get to that. Uh, but uh, coming up tomorrow, we'll visit our CFL update. We'll have a conversation with Voice of the Red Wolves, Matt Stoltz. It should be, uh, it's going to be a, a little bit of an interesting week. Midweeks always are. But uh, tomorrow we'll, we'll start looking ahead at Coastal Carolina and the various and assorted challenges that they're going to be bringing into Jonesboro. They're ranked 15th in the country for a reason. And again, I know that you look at their schedule and it's it's cake. But they're a good team. And Thursday's going to be tough. Hope people go out and take it in. Should be a nice night weather-wise. But uh, we'll continue to talk about it with you later on this week. Thanks for listening to the event a lot today i felt like i felt like today was very therapeutic i hope it was for you as well keep it here <laughs> the setup with uh again birthday boy Cade carlton as well as andrew bowen is on the way next followed by the drive at three o'clock have it here in the morning for the front row with budro at seven rwrc radio with jc comes your way at 10 kate and i will be back at noon for kate i'm kara thanks for hanging out can't wait to talk to you tomorrow have a great great day